I want to read something to you. Ken Smith's one of my buddies, longtime buddy. He's been here to speak. He was a, a chaplain for Bobby Bowden FSU. Went to South Carolina as a chaplain. Uh, man loves Jesus. Spoke at Jekyll Island for years. Super wow. Uh, he's, he's done some things here for us. He's one of my heroes. And uh, he always sends, sends some out every day. And I just want to read to you what he sent out today. Because I just love it. Maybe as never before, the church needs to act like we know Jesus. Words, actions, and responses to folks who are outside the body of Christ. Good word. Because we've been talking about love. And I think that's how the church is supposed to act. And, and so I want to look at that today. And talk about something with you that I think is very important for us today. And let God speak to us and renew our spirit and, and kind of fire us up in the right way. Because I want to talk about love is not. That's not, that's not, that was last week. <laughs> but I'll be glad to preach it again if y'all want to stay here an extra, extra 20 minutes. Uh, love is not. Love is not what? Well, that's what we want to talk about. Uh, love is not. Here's what I know. Sometimes the best way to know what love is would be to describe what love is not. We do that with our children all the time. We kind of tell them, here's what you know is right because here's what's wrong. You know, here's what I want you to do because here's what you shouldn't do. So that's kind of what we do. So in looking at that, uh, 1 Corinthians 13.4 says this, and this is all in your notes, so just, you, you can keep going. 1 Corinthians 13.4 says this, love is not boastful or proud. Now, why is Paul saying that? Because isn't that rather obvious? I mean, we all know, nobody likes somebody who brags all the time and boastful, and, 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 and pride sometimes really rubs everybody the wrong way. Now, I know we got team pride, and we got a lot of things that kind of, but he's talking about a real arrogant pride. Now, you understand, in 1 Corinthians 13, he's talking to the church. Not talking to people outside the church. He's talking to people that are in the church. And if you look in the previous chapters, there's times where he's mentioned to them about their pride and their boasting, and it's not a good thing. He said, some of you, because you got a certain spiritual gift, you think you're better than others. And some of you think because you're, you're doing this in the church that you're more important than others. And there's become a sense of pride and a sense of genuine arrogance toward each other. And he said, truthfully, that's not love. Now, it's interesting, he's got to say this to church people. And yet I find today the Holy Spirit's having to remind us of what love really is. And how we respond to each other in the body of Christ and how to respond to those outside the body of Christ. And so he's saying, oh, here's what I, you can't do this. This is not love. And you don't need to be singing, I love you, Lord, with an arrogant attitude. And while we're real quick, to clobber the people outside the church for what they do. We're sometimes blind to what we do inside the church to each other. We don't want to talk about that. But we need to. So let's do that today. And what does it look like if we actually got put that stuff aside? Okay. Here's what I want you to know. There's just three things I want to share with you rather quickly. Number one is this. We are not better than others. Just better off because of God's love and grace. 
Did you get that? We are not better than others. Now, sometimes the temptation is to think, well, we really are. I don't do some of those things those people do. I'm better. No, you're better off. Because of what? Because of God's loving grace. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says this. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of yourselves, others, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Oh, humility then is not being, thinking you're nothing. Don't get me wrong. Humility doesn't mean I'm nothing. It doesn't downplay who you are. Humility is calculating correctly who you are. Okay? It's not that you're supposed to be nothing. You're supposed to be who you are. So don't compare yourself to others, and don't compare yourself to those weaker than you, and don't compare yourself stronger than you, because you're you. And, and so he said, look, uh, be humble. Think it of others as better than yourselves. Man, don't, you're not better than anybody else. Don't, don't get caught in that trap of thinking I'm better because I, I go to church five times a week, and you only go three times a week, or I'm better because I, I, I do this, and, and you don't do that. That's not, he said, don't do that. Actually, you live thinking of how you can bless others, encourage others, empower others, and push others up. Uh, verses 5 through 8 say this. You must have the same attitude, attitude between the ears, attitude that comes out of your life that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. All right? There's more. Instead... He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Jesus, in his life, made time for children when everybody thought they weren't important. He paid attention to the lepers when everybody avoided them. He gave a woman caught in adultery a second chance. He went to lunch with a tax collector, and he said to a dying thief, I want you to go home with me when this is all over. Man, he left heaven that we could enjoy heaven. He died on a cross that we could be saved from spiritual death and have eternal life. He really, really thought of others. There's a song written by Ronnie Henson and Mike Payne, sung by the Gaithers and several other groups. But I love these words. When he was on the cross, I was on his mind. It's true. That's the, that's the picture of God's love. What he did, he did for you and for me. And therefore, when I enter the body of Christ, I need to be thinking about what can I do for you? How can I minister to you? How can I bless you? How can I encourage you? How can I uh, lift you up? How can I help you get through? I need to be aware of you. It ain't all about me. And I am aware we live in a consumer mentality and everybody's saying, it's what's in it for me and what am I going to get and am I going to like it? And that the truth is, that's not how we do Christian life. And the truth is, the way we have demonstrated our, our priorities in the Christian life has perhaps helped us lose our voice to the world, quite honestly. You make people a priority. Paul is saying, quit thinking you're that great. 
because there are others that have a purpose and in in, in, in a place in the plan of God also. I had a, God taught me this years and years ago. Uh, when I was working in the secular world, uh, there was a guy there that I, I, I liked. He was one of, I was a manager, and he was one of my employees in, uh, at Riches, downtown Atlanta. And uh, <clears throat> I, I tried to build a relationship with him. He was kind of tough. He was an agnostic. He was a proud agnostic, might I add. He liked telling everybody he was an agnostic. He enjoyed just really irritating people that he was an agnostic. Now, an agnostic is someone that says, I don't know if there's a God. I'm not sure I believe there's a God. Therefore, I don't worry about it. And the rest of you guys, I think, are kind of crazy. And so he would go up and just rub people the wrong way. And he loved doing it. He loved. He was proud of being And he went to, incidentally, he went to a Baptist college for his degree. But his mom and dad loved Jesus. But he just said, ah, you know, that's where they are. I don't believe that stuff. Oh, okay. So we would, you know, but I said, I want to build a relationship with this guy. So uh, I'm his manager. I'm, his, I, I'm the guy that fills out a schedule and takes it. But he had a responsibility. He had a certain part of responsibility in the, in the, in the department. And one of them was every, he, had to, he was in charge of the gun counter and the ammunition. And every day when we would close, those had to be, we had to put doors over the, over the ammunition and lock everything up. The doors were they were they were they were not these they were bigger than these doors okay they were a little taller and a little wider and so uh, they were heavy and sure enough when it's time to lock up and close the store down he would he would be carrying those doors from the back and and could put them over and lock them well I decided one day I wanted to help I'm gonna start building I said, I'm gonna help you man I, so I went and grabbed the door I grabbed the door and walked out and helped him and every time I was there when he closed I would help him move those doors. Why? I didn't have to. It was my job. But I wanted to know that I valued him. I wanted him to know I really valued him, man. I, 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 yeah, I'm here to help you, you know. Uh, and, uh, and so we kind of developed a relationship. Well, one day he got in an argument with one of my other store people, and, and they were, the issue was raised. She said that he was going to go to hell. I'm sure he'd provoke that. I have no doubt. But in the process, he told her, I don't believe there's a hell. And now that made her mad. And now she's telling him, well, now you're really going to go to hell. I thought that was kind of redundant. But anyway, uh, this was the conversation. Now I'm watching this from over far, and I think, oh, I got it. This is, a, this, is, this is a department store. We don't need to be doing this discussion in front of customers. So I began to make my way over there. And, uh, and as I walked up, i never forget, this dear lady said, looked at me because I was very vocal about my faith. I understood I was a believer, and I wanted people to come to know Christ, and I shared my faith. And, and so I come walking up, and i never forget. She said, Tim, I'm so glad you're here. I'm going, oh, I'm probably glad. I'm not. I wish I wasn't. So anyway, I said, do you know, I want to know what you think about Bob. He don't believe there's a hell. What do you think about him? And I was really struggling for what to say because I'm trying to build a relationship. I'm trying to get a chance to talk to this guy. And God gave me a word that I've always tried to live by. I'm saying, Lord, I got, what do I say? This is, a, this is one of those pivotal moments in time that you can't take back. You don't get a do-over. What do I need to say? Well, everybody, Bob's looking at me. She's looking at me. And now two or three others are looking at me. What's he going to say? 
And I see, you know what I think about Bob? What? That I'm no better than him. I'm just better off because of Jesus. And he don't know Jesus yet. That's the difference. And I turned around and walked away quickly. And I didn't know what she was going to say to me. Those words did more to help me talk to Bob than anything I'd ever say. Because in a little while he came back and said, you know, I was pushing a button. He said, I know you're pushing a button. I said, but you know, what you said kind of stuck. I said, okay. Guys, we're not better off. Uh, we're not better than anyone else. You know, look, I know we think, we kind of somehow think because I, I have, I'm a part of this denomination or this belief system or, or I do these things that I'm better than someone else. No, you're not. You're better off because of grace. Don't ever forget that. Because sometimes we forget what it was like to be without grace. We forget that perhaps we've done some things we wish we hadn't done. And we thought some things, if anybody else knew, we thought they would never talk to us again. We're not better than others, just better off because of God's love and grace. The second thing I want you to get is this. Love does not hog the spotlight. Love shines the light on others. Everybody doesn't need to know how much I love Jesus. Now listen to me very carefully. They need to know how much we love Jesus. No one makes it alone. If you have achieved some degree of spiritual dynamic and success, it's because you're standing on the shoulders of someone else who's poured into your life who taught you something, who gave you a word of encouragement at a critical time in your life, a turning point that made the difference in you. I get to do this today because of a guy named David York who spent some time with a stupid teenager and it was a turning point in my life. Love does not hog the spotlight. In Corinth, they were saying, because I have this gift, I'm, I'm, I'm the one you need to look at. I'm important. I'm more important than you. No, no, Paul said, stop that stuff. We need each other. God's put us together with different gifts and abilities and talents and process that we can become a mighty army magnifying the kingdom of God. And we do that by shining the light on others. Romans 12, 10 says this. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight, look at that, take delight in honoring each other. Meaning, I need to get excited about telling people that you're, you're awesome. That you, man, I just appreciate what you bring to the body of Christ. I, I appreciate how you just bless in, in our worship service. Man, you see, we need to be honoring others. 
Because it ain't about me, and it ain't about you individually. It's about what God does with us collectively. And therefore, I want you to be amazing in your walk with Christ. I want you to do, I, I say this, I, I've told Adam Coastals, brother, I, I pray you do far more than I ever do. I want you to be far, I have more influence, I want you to do more than me. Because that's how the body of Christ works. I want you to have an awesome prayer life. I want you to have an amazing influence on people around you. I want to celebrate your walk in Christ. I want to uh, let people, I, man, I, I, we need each other. Therefore, if I prompt you and encourage you and promote you, we all benefit because of that. Do you know Paul gives credit all the time to people around him? I, I, I didn't do the slide on this because it would be a little too much, but I, I want to read from Romans 16, his last chapter of the book of Romans, okay? He says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church in, in St. Korea. I welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her in whatever she needs, for she's been helpful to many, and especially to me. Paul says, you know why I'm so effective sometimes? Because of Phoebe's in my life. And she's done something for me. And he goes on and he talks about others in his life. That those, there are several verses he talks about people that Priscilla and Aquila who ministered to him. He said, you know, I get to do what I do. Why I'm effective? Because these people have invested in me. Do you understand we don't make the journey alone? That's why we're supposed to love each other. That's why I, I don't get to think I'm more important than you. Because I'm not more important than you. He said, but you're the pastor. I couldn't be a pastor if y'all didn't show up on Sunday. Be kind of an empty occupation. I get to get to do something for the kingdom because of what you do for the kingdom. The last thing I want you to get is this. Do we accept our part in God's plan without being arrogant? You say, Pastor, that's obvious. I know it's obvious. Then you wonder why we've messed up so much on this point. We accept our part in If he was telling the Corinthian people, if you have a gift, enjoy it. Don't let people talk down to you because of it. If you have a different gift from someone else, if you do this, I, I, I'm constantly irritated that we tend to make one gift more important than another in the body of Christ. That's wrong. Because the Holy Spirit's equally significant no matter how he manifests himself in our lives. Accept our part in God's plan without being arrogant. Some have the gift of teaching, then teach. But everybody is supposed to be a teacher. Somebody's got to be a student. Romans 12, 3 says this. Because of the privilege, oh, privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Calculate, measure yourselves by the faith God has given you. Don't compare yourselves to others. Okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, 
Paul said, you know, if I decide to glory in something, I'm going to glory in the cross. Because that's made the difference in my life. It's made me who I am. It is the reason I'm alive. The reason why I know God, because of the cross. He said, I used to hate the cross. I used to hate Jesus. But a guy named Stephen didn't care that I hated Jesus. He shared the gospel, and it, and it did something to my heart. And then I met Jesus on the road to Damascus, and it changed my life. And if I'm going to boast about anything, it ain't about being a Pharisee or very educated or very knowledgeable. It's because of the cross. I am what I am. There have been times when I, I, I thought about the things that happened this week and the things that happened in South Carolina last week and the, the things we see that are, are so evident of darkness in our land. And while you, the temptation is to respond to those things and, and, and sometimes with, with, uh, with, with anger or panic and neither of those are appropriate because I think the church needs to bear some responsibility for where we are. There's times when the church has boasted in its denomination more than the kingdom. And it's diminished our voice. I got a buddy of mine. He's a pastor of another denomination. And I was talking to him one day years ago. I was talking to him. I said, man, how you doing today? He says, Tim, I'm, I'm pastoring in an area where I ask people, are they Christians? I say, no, I'm Baptist. He said, man, I don't know what to do with that. We've had way too much denominational pride. We got all the answers. We think we're always right. We are not. We ain't always done things the right way. Oh, I know we tried. Let me tell you, all of us in the journey, we're growing and learning. Paul said, don't do that. There's times we've boasted more in our buildings than in Christ and the body of believers. Our stuff's been more important than people. We've lost our voice. Our influence. We've boasted in our righteousness, ignoring and rejecting those who need a Savior. And we talk about the things we don't do, the things we do do, and the things we do better, the things we would never do. I want you to hear my heart. Were it not for the grace of God in my life, I could be the worst sinner that's ever lived. You need to know that. I could be mean as the devil. I could be cruel. and I, I could be all the things were it not for the grace of God. I, I, I always had a bad temper when I was young, and, 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 and then that bad temper is never a good thing. But were it not for the grace of God, I could hurt someone. I could. But the grace of God appeared in my life, and, and some, it, it took root in my life, and the love of Christ became real to me. I really died on a cross for me, and it filled that void in my life. And it began to 
should channel the direction of my life. Sometimes I cooperated with it and sometimes I did not. But that did not stop God's love for me. And he's been amazing in my life. And that's why I realize I'm nothing without him. And I don't deserve any accolades apart from the, that he's just, he gets the glory, the praise, and the honor. Because I would be nothing. I love it when Paul said, I glory in the cross. I don't glory in all the other stuff. Now I am what I am because of the cross of Jesus Christ that made the difference in my life. And therefore, I have been able to break the bondage of darkness. And I've been set free from uh, the chains that would bind my heart and my mind. But guys, I'm going to tell you, education doesn't do that for us. The political arena doesn't do that for us. And just religion doesn't do that for us. It takes a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ to break the chains of darkness. And to set people free from their sins, whatever they may be, that hold them hostage and rob them of true liberty and true fulfillment. It is the grace of God that appears to men that changes us. Not because we deserve it. Because we do not. But because God is gracious and patient and kind. And never rude. And desires to do something for us that we can't do for ourselves. God's grace empowers and equips us for life and service. He gives an invitation to life. He gives spiritual gifts to serve. He gives strength to endure. He gives people to encourage. We need each other. There's never been a time that we need each other more than now. We owe our success to his grace. These are some of my favorite words that I try to live by. I want you to look at them with me on the slide. This is the chorus from the song, Were It Not For Grace. <clears throat> Let me read it to you because it's my final word. Were it not for grace, I can tell you where I'd be, wandering down some pointless road to nowhere with my salvation left up to me. I know how that would go, the battles I would face, forever running but losing this race, were it not for grace. That's me. That's you. That's the person out there today that doesn't understand what family might be and the divine order of marriage. They're running a race they can't win apart from grace. And we get to tell the story of grace and God's amazing power to change life and to set the captive free and to change the way we think and the way we feel and the way we behave because that is the story of God's love. The cross makes the difference. I don't want to get caught up modifying behavior because that doesn't last I want to be committed to sharing Jesus who changes a heart that changes behavior that really does last everyone can feel important but no one should act important that's what Paul's saying man God loves us we're important to him 
but I'm not more important than anybody else. 